0: This portrayal of starvation and drought gives the reader a sense that creation itself is dying. The good order of seed time and harvest, as mentioned in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 8, has been disrupted, and the variety of plants, creeping things, and beasts is receding into a chaos of dust and death. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to finish up Hosea and get into Joel in our Prophecies of the Bible study, and we're going to get into that right after this. Welcome once again to Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you for joining me this week on my podcast. This is episode 53, and we are going to be continuing our study on prophecies of the Bible, which we've been doing for quite some time now. As we're working our way through the Bible, we're almost to the end of the Old Testament as we're wrapping up Hosea today and going to get into Joel And uh, this is based on a study by Damon Duck. Thank you so much for joining me this week. As we get started, don't forget to go to my website, ConnectingTheGap.net, and there you can see my podcast channels, all the different platforms that I'm on, and you can also subscribe to my blog as well, which I'm not doing weekly anymore. Sometimes it might be weekly, but I'm just going to kind of randomly do blogs and throw those in there. And of course, the podcast will be weekly, and you can subscribe to all of that. also, something new for this week that I want to mention, we are on Rum if you use Rumble on a normal basis as one of your platforms that you like to use for social media we are on there as well now so you can go there and subscribe to connecting the Gap I have my own channel there on Rumble and go ahead and check that out and then also of course we're still on YouTube. And a lot of the other pro- platforms, I cover about everything. So surely there's one out there that you use on a normal basis, like Spotify or Amazon Music or iHeartRadio, whatever it may be. Our podcast is on all of those. So please go out and subscribe and share. Help us get the Word out as we study the Word of God each week here on Connecting the Gap. We just want to reach all the souls that we can. And if you share and someone gets saved off of this, then you are just as much responsible for that salvation as as we are here at our ministry and we want to make sure that uh, everything that we do is what God wants us to do and what he's called us to do and that is to go out and share with the lost and to reach the lost with the gospel of his word. We're going to go ahead and get started this week and as I said we're wrapping up Hosea and as as I get started I just want to kind of throw this out there there is a movie out right now called Redeeming Love and I'm sure a lot of you have heard about that movie from what i understand i have not seen it i've not read the book but from what i understand it's supposed to be a retelling of the book of hosea and they've made a movie out of it and kind of put it more modern day Unfortunately, everything that I've been reading or hearing about this, it does not follow the actual storyline of Hosea. They've kind of taken their own freedom with that, came up with their own plot line, their own storyline, and they've labeled it as a Christian movie. And of course, in the midst of all of that, there's a couple of four to five minute sex scenes, I guess, that are pretty steamy. And a lot of things that really have no business being inside of a Christian movie. Movie, And I know a lot of women out there, especially on Facebook in different areas, have been sharing different things about this movie, about why you should or shouldn't watch it. On my Facebook page, my Connecting the Gap Facebook page, I have shared a podcast with Elisa Childers. She is a previous member of the band Zoe Girl, for those of you that remember that band back in the 90s. And she has her own podcast now that she does on YouTube all the time. It's a phenomenal channel. You should subscribe if you haven't. She's got some excellent material on there. She does about an eight to nine minute review of this movie she's not watched it either she says she's not planning on watching it and she explains why she drops some very good points about why that movie should not be watched and if you have went through our podcast last week and as we finish it up this week you're going to see pretty quickly if you watch that movie that it does not follow the bible story of hosea and gomer So you have to kind of approach that with uh, your own conscience and pray about if you should watch that or not. That's between you and God, of course. But I just wanted to throw that out there since we're actually in Hosea right now. It's kind of perfect timing for when that movie has came out. So go check out my uh, Facebook page, my Connecting the Gap Facebook page. And if you haven't already liked that page, please do. But I have shared that there. And uh, hopefully, that'll be a resource that'll help you make your decision on whether or not to watch that movie. It's not a movie that I myself will be watching. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 6 this week as we finish up the chapter of Hosea in the Minor Prophets. And we're going to start out with verses 1 through 3. It says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, and we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain, to the earth. In this passage of scripture, Hosea acknowledges the fact that the Jews left the Lord and called on them to rejoin him in repentance, as turning toward God and away from the wrong. He predicted God's death-like destruction of Israel and the fact that God will eventually revive and raise up the nation. This resurrection of Israel begs for a date, which Hosea said would be after two days and on the third day. As God counts time, one day to him is a thousand years to us. Thus it is revealed that the revival of Israel as a nation would come after 2,000 years of our time had passed and before 3,000 years of our time was gone. Hosea calls on the Jews again, asking them to repent. He tells them that the return of Christ is as certain as the rising of the sun and the coming of the seasonal rains. Time is an essential element in the lives of most people, but God is not subject to time as we are. When he said he would revive Israel after two days and raise her up on the third day, he was speaking in the terms of his own view of time. He was saying 2,000 years would pass before he revived Israel, and it would take place within the next 1,000 years. Looking back on history, the northern kingdom of Israel fell around 721 B.C., more than 2,700 years ago. The southern kingdom of Judah fell around 586 B.C., more than 2,500 years ago. Two quote-unquote God days have passed, and we are now in the third quote-unquote God day for both kingdoms as God reckons time. The Bible predicts that the last days will be characterized by moral decay, with scoffers ridiculing the second coming. Evildoers will ask, where is the promise of His coming? And they will say, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 4. But God doesn't break His promises, and the second coming of Christ is as sure as the rising of the sun. The resurrection and national restoration of Israel have begun, but the Jews will not abandon their sin until the tribulation period, that's the 70th week of Daniel. The tribulation period will trigger repentance and the second coming of Christ. Several things that will happen to trigger this repentance are as follows. In Matthew twenty four verse fourteen it talks about the gospel will be preached to all nations including Israel. In Malachi chapter four verses five through six, Elijah the prophet will appear in Israel and change the hearts of many. The third thing, one hundred and forty-four thousand Jewish evangelists will preach. That's in Revelation seven verses two through eight. The fourth thing that will trigger the repentance, the two witnesses will appear and preach. That's in Revelation eleven, three through thirteen. And the fifth item, the Jews will realize their mistake when the Antichrist breaks the covenant and begins to kill them. That was prophesied in Daniel nine, twenty-four through twenty-seven, and Revelation twelve, thirteen through seventeen. Repentance in the third day will trigger the second coming and the restoration of Israel. Instead of listening to God's prophets and laying aside the sins that separated them from God, the Jews readily followed the prophets of their own choosing and did things to make Satan rejoice. Her failures to heed the warnings of God were many, and they will endure until the time of the end. The good news is the day will come when they will realize their mistake, repent, and be restored. The following are some things that show some of the bad news and why they will suffer for some time to come. These are some fast facts on the dispersion of Israel. When we're talking about the scattering of the Jews, in Hosea chapter 1, verse 6, God will stop showing mercy to Israel. Hosea chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, God will stop their celebrations and run their crops. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, the Jews will reject knowledge and forget the law of God. Hosea chapter 5, verse 5, the Jews will be prideful. In Hosea chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, God will be like a moth and a lion to Israel, like rottenness and a young lion to Judah. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 8, Israel will be swallowed up among the Gentiles. Hosea chapter 9, verse 3, the Jews will have to eat unclean or defiled food in a foreign land. Hosea chapter nine verse six, many Jews will die in foreign lands. Hosea chapter nine verse eleven, Israel's glory, or God, will abandon them. In Hosea chapter nine verse seventeen, God will cast away the Jews for their disobedience. In Hosea chapter ten verse thirteen, because the Jews planted wickedness, they will reap iniquity. Hosea chapter 12, verse 2, the Jews will be punished according to their ways. In Hosea chapter 13, verse 3, the Jews will be like a cloud, dew, chaff, and smoke that disappears. And finally, in Hosea chapter 13, verse 16, because of rebellion, Jewish children and pregnant women will die. So with that, that wraps up Hosea in our study on the prophecies of the Bible. And we're going to go ahead and move into the book of Joel. Here we're going to talk about a a little bit of a snapshot of things that are to come. In Joel chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, it states this Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as destruction from the Almighty is not the food cut off before our eyes joy and gladness from the house of our god the seed shrivels under the clods storehouses are in shambles barns are broken down for the grain has withered how the animals groan The herds of cattle are restless, because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. O Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures, and a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the open pastures. When Joel wrote his prophecy, Israel was in the midst of the greatest locust plague the nation has ever experienced. Dark clouds of locusts covered the land, causing the prophet to say, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. And the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. That's in Joel chapter 1, verse 4. The vineyards were destroyed, the bark and leaves were stripped off the trees, there was no pasture for the animals, no crops to harvest, no sacrifices for the priest to offer, no ground that was not barren, no farmer that was not in poverty and despair, and there was definitely no joy in the land. The devastating effects of this unprecedented plague caused Joel's mind to skip far into the future to another desperate time the Bible calls the Day of the Lord. That, of course, is another name for the tribulation period. Trouble will come like a judgment from the Almighty. Food will vanish, famine will grip the land, and absence of sacrifice and offering will leave nothing for the priest and the house of God to rejoice about. Seeds will rot in the ground, barns will run because they will not be needed, granaries will break down because they will not be used, cattle and sheep will cry because they will have nothing to eat or drink, even the wild animals will suffer. The devastation wrought by the swarms of locusts in Joel's time is just a glimmer of the greater destruction to come in the day of the Lord. This is something that will take place during the tribulation period. Jesus said there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, in Matthew twenty four, verse seven. John said the fourth horseman of the Apocalypse will be given power over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. That's Revelation six, verse eight. It will be unprecedented, but it will lure people away from trusting in themselves, and cause multitudes to look to God. Irving L. Jensen was quoted five times in Joel the phrase the day of the Lord appears. As we shall see in this next section, Joel is looking with his prophetic telescope to the end of time. Even when the New Testament writers refers to that day, it was still in the future. As we move on to Joel chapter two verses one through eleven, there is a call to arms. These verses call for an alarm to be sounded, announcing the arrival of the day of the Lord. It will be a time of darkness, gloom, clouds, and thick darkness. A great and strong people will march on the fertile land of Israel, destroying everything in its path. It will be like the plague of locusts described in Joel chapter 1. The locusts looked like horses, ran like swift steeds, leaped over mountaintops and devoured everything. The sight of this great army will make people afraid and sick. Troops will charge like brave soldiers, scaling walls, marching in lines, staying on course, breaking through defenses, rushing into cities and breaking into houses. The earth will quake, the heavens will tremble, and the heavenly bodies will diminish and grow dark. God will issue a command to His great army. The day of the Lord will be terrible, and we are asked, who can endure it? The word like appears eleven times in these eleven verses which means the language is symbolic, or the words that represent something else. It would be unwise to be dogmatic or positive or assertive about this event. Joel is using his memories of the plague of locusts to illustrate what a coming military invasion of Israel will be like during the Day of the Lord. He calls for the trumpet to be blown in Zion, which is another name for Jerusalem, to signal the coming tribulation period – a time of cloudiness and thick darkness like the time when great swarms of locusts filled the skies over Israel. A large and mighty army will spread across the mountains of Israel like the millions of locusts in Joel's day. In front of his army, Israel will be like the Garden of Eden. Behind it, Israel will be like a desert. There has never been anything like it before and will never be anything like it again. Everything this army encounters will be destroyed. The troops will move like galloping cavalry. They will produce a noise like chariots leaping over the mountain tops, like a crackling fire burning everything in its path. The sight of this great army will make people afraid and sick. It will be a well trained force, charging, scaling walls, marching in line, focused on the target, and plunging through defenses without pulling back. Troops will rush into Jerusalem, breaking into houses and seizing whatever they want. The earth will quake, the sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars will not shine. If God doesn't cut this great and terrible time short, no one will survive. Some critics contend that these verses deal with a pest plague of locusts instead of a future military invasion of Israel. The swarms of locusts move in a disorganized, haphazard manner. Joel calls this force a people great and strong. That's in verse 2. And he paints a picture of well-trained, efficient military force marching in line, not breaking rank or pushing one another. It is unreasonable to believe locusts have moved like this in the past. Joel gives us an important clue when he refers to this great army as the northern army in chapter 2, verse 20. We know that there will be a future invasion of Israel by a group of nations from the far north. Russia and her allies, that the king of the north will attack the Antichrist in the Middle East and that there will be a war between Israel and Syria resulting in the destruction of Damascus and northern Israel. Incidentally, Russia, the king of the north, and Syria will be defeated and so will this northern army. This passage makes a good case for the pre trib rapture. Joel said the day of the Lord or the tribulation period is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess. That's in Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Amos said it will be dark and not light, in Amos chapter 5, verse 18 and verse 20. And Zephaniah said, That day is a day of wrath, a day of darkness and gloominess, in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 15. But Paul said, You brethren or Christians are not in darkness, so that this day or the day of the Lord should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4-5. through Believers shouldn't be concerned about going through the tribulation period, but we should be concerned for our loved ones and those we know who haven't accepted Jesus. This invasion of Israel is associated with the day of the Lord. That ties it to the coming tribulation period. The Jews who are alive at that time should be concerned about it because they haven't accepted Jesus and they will be the object of the attack. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week in our Prophecies of the Bible study as we've gotten started into the book of Joel at this point. Thank you once again for joining me this week. And this is based on a study by Damon Duck. We'll come back next week and we'll continue on into the book of Joel here on our podcast. As I said at the beginning, don't forget that we are on Rumble now. So if you use Rumble as a social media platform, then look up our channel Connecting the Gap and you can check us out there as well as our uh, many other platforms that we are on as we put out new podcasts each week here from our ministry Connecting the Gap. Well, I am out of here until next week. Thank you guys once again for joining me and we'll pick this up next week. Until then, don't forget that God's Word never fails us. God's Word has stood the test of time and through Jesus' death on the cross He has connected the gap.